about yourself, Gail? Well, I'm an old, dilapidated woman looking for a rich person to set me up with a nice, juicy trust fund. I would see, I had two knee replacements, three hip replacements. I have sepsis where I could have died. I got two covers put on my eye, the cornea. It was wearing out. And so I had two operations on the eye. While they were in there, the first time they took the cataract out, now I got a face lens. My lens of my eye is fake now. I'm, I'm dilapidated. I'm old. Now, is there some sweet, rich person out there that got boodles of money when I shove them over on this old lady and, you know, set me up in a little old trust fund? Mm, 10, 20 million, maybe. I know there's some rich people out there. Can you get some contact info out there, um, Gail? Just real quick they can contract me through you you see and then um yeah that's right they call you up and tell them i'm a rich person that wants to help that poor dilapidated old woman who's falling apart septic knee surgeries hip surgeries don't forget the eye no what so if you have, do you have like a GoFundMe or anything going on? No. Well, you need you need to get someone to help you with that. Well, you do that little thing for me, but I'm looking for millions because I have needs, you know. Yeah, and I my know. needs I are not needs cheap. Too. I mean, I figured there's people out there. I wrote the richest man in the world a couple of years ago, baby, and damn, he never wrote me back. He didn't even write me back to say forget it. So remember, if there's some rich people out there that want to set up an old, dilapidated woman and a nice trust fund, you contact this guy here, and he'll pass it on. Thank you for the time. Are you there? I'm can still here, yeah. yeah. Oh, I can keep talking if you want, because that's what I do. <laughs> and also, you can look at my old Well, video. I got, you know, Gail, I've, I've talked to you uh, I, you know, and, and I don't know uh, what how, what you remember, but I've been doing the show for over 10 years, and I've talked oh, to you sir, for maybe probably... I told you before this, my illness uh, took me this bad. Yeah, so um, it's... Uh, I'm, I'm, <clears throat> I know I haven't uh, heard from you for a while, so it's it's nice to hear your voice and oh, God, uh, um, wish you the say. best. So, um, uh yeah, Gail, I wish I had some more concrete information that I could give people to, to, like, if they wanted to give you money, but I can't, other than, uh, um, you know, people now, they just want, they want something like, oh, I can, I can click on that and give Gail five bucks, you know? Oh, I'm too old for that. Yeah, I know, I know. I mean, I didn't Me too, so I'd say I'd set that up for you, but, but I don't know. But if there's someone out there with a lot of money, they'll find a way to get it to me. <laughs> They're fine. And, the, you know, the rich people, that's what they're doing. They're looking for Gales, man. That's what they're like. Hey, who needs, give it who a needs shot. money? Who needs help? 
So Who needs a new my... eye? It's Gail does. All right, I'm at it. Gail, thank you. Uh, maybe next oh, thank week. Thank you for the time. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk to you Remember, later. Remember, old dilapidated woman.
baby. Yeah. Got something to tell you. When I kiss your hair, I feel electricity in the air. I'm gonna kiss your eyes. <gasps> Then I'm gonna kiss your neck. Oh. Then I'm gonna kiss your tummy. Ooh. Then I'm gonna kiss your gentlemen, let's get together and give a great big round of applause to some new members of the Stats Boat family that you'll be hearing a lot of, the Rance Allen Singers. Come on. You've been lying on the truth. I'm gonna tell like you 
thanks for doing what you got to do to do. This has been Bug House Square. Thanks, Scott, for doing for coming in and being my fucking disc monkey. Thank you. That's great. And I'm glad you didn't have to do too much monkey. And I'm glad the I'm getting a little bit going. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, Mike Three's going. What's going on? What's going on there, Loaf? Uh, not too much. Not too much. Just got uh, down here. We're um, doing a show tonight, uh, day late and a dollar short on it, but taking a page out of your book, uh, kind of paying tribute to Black History Month. Uh, so a whole bunch of African-American artists. And, and a day late and a dollar short is just like, you know, isn't that just the way it is, right? They've had it that way, I guess. I'm uh, sorry. Let's watch a full-length movie on you. on a lark and peeing in the park. You should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl. That's the duh of Francais, not the duh of dumbass. But never mind that. Don't follow me now. Follow me later. I mean, for right now. Welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That stands for Let's Watch a Snoople Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi, Mike. Let's. I'm all for it. That's what I'm here for. Let's watch a full-length movie. After five years of, of, of doing these show every week on Mutiny Radio, I learned I can remember our podcast acronym, by stressing the L, and that's the only way I remember the W, the A, the F, the L, the M, the O, the Y, the T. Right, right, right. I'm you're a super sar shooter, super sharp shooter, shooter, super sharp. The S, the H, the L, the <laughs> W, the A, the F, the L, the M, the super sharp shooter. I got to find that song, Carl. Do you know it? No, but clearly you do. Uh, yeah, I do. I have a song in my heart. Welcome to Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube here on Mutiny Radio. Dot .fm the internet radio direct from the mission district of san francisco you yeah. can find it by typing in mutinyradio.fm and just hit listen now and we are on every sunday 2 p.m. pacific standard time san francisco mission district time 5 p.m. weird jersey time i i decided you live in weird new jersey yeah well you live in the pacific time but i live in the specific time Eastern uh, time. It's weird. Yeah. It's you know, if, if, what we're, we're going to do is we're going to watch a full length movie on YouTube. So you'll be watching the YouTube video and you'll be listening to us as we stream on muniradio.fm. Or you can listen to our podcast. It drops every Sunday, courtesy of Muni Radio at uh, L W A F L M O Y T. Use that magic acronym. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Yeah. And you know what? Use that magic acronym on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel and we post the videos of the podcast and the movies already synced up. So you can listen to us this way, whatever way. We would love for you to donate, please, some Mutiny Radio, please. 
<laughs> I did that like desperate please. You ever do yeah. that? Yeah. You're like, can you do your homework? Please, would you please, please do it? <laughs> I did the homework, please. Uh so you can donate, please. Uh, either by going to mutinyradio.fm and hit the link and it'll take you to Patreon. You can go to Patreon and look for it there or go to Venmo at Mutiny Radio. Throw in five bucks. Uh, help us out. We are, uh, we love it. We we do it from your donations. Uh, and other ways, you know, and there's live shows Monday and Fridays. Uh, go to the website, check out the details. Speaking of details, Carl, what is the movie this week? We are going to watch The Boneyard 1991. That's what you put in the YouTube search engine. Boneyard is one word, The Boneyard 1991. Okay, so I'm going to RedTube, and I'm typing in The Boneyard. Oh, you are a super shooter. (laughs) A super short shooter at The Boneyard. Uh, Any more dick jokes before we start? (laughs) (laughs) Well, the channel channel we like is B-Movie Archive 2. That's not a dick joke, but give me a couple minutes. B-Movie Archive 2. You know, that sounds like an interesting channel, uh, dick joke or not. I'm going to probably check it out and probably check out the B-Movie Archive. One. Three. All right, so go ahead. Type in the Boneyard, 1990. uh, Finally, 1991. The war just started. Uh, go ahead and uh, 1991, The Boneyard. And then uh, when you see the B-Movie Archive 2 mm-hmm. channel, click the link, hit pause, move the timer to zero, zero, zero. And when we say go, hit go and we'll watch the movie synced up. Now, we have a very special celebrity comedian to do our countdown for the movie. And let's find out a little bit more uh, about the celebrity comedian. Carl, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Jessica Miranda. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you. Thank you, Carl. It's great to be here. Now, we've been knowing each other a long time in the comedy community here in beautiful, sunny New Jersey. I even knew you, like, when you first started out. How long ago was that? Oh, it's it's about it's three years, and I, I I never know whether I should completely count the uh, the year that we were in lockdown, but I, it's been three. Yes, it's three years. Yeah, so that is, I mean, if that's only three years, you've really come a long way. I mean, you're booked all the time. You were booked a lot in 2021, despite the pandemic. So, but the pandemic's put us on Zoom things. I know that you haven't done many Zoom shows, but we've been on Zooms together. You got Sharon Simon's virtual comedy club Zoom thing in the pandemic. I mean, what's different for you on Zoom than live that maybe keeps you away from Zoom? Okay, so, you know, I I did Zoom uh, pretty regularly for uh, almost eight or nine months during Mm. the lockdown, and I got very used to it. Uh, but it's almost, it has a feeling of like you're recording for television. Uh, you don't interact with anyone. You're looking at this tiny little circle on your laptop. Yeah. And um, so the, the feeling is very different uh, than when you're on stage. So I found that I was, uh, when I was coming off of Zoom and back onto stage, I, I I felt like I really couldn't go back and forth easily. I don't, a lot of people can do it. I see them uh-huh, doing it, uh-huh. but I couldn't. So I haven't done Zoom for almost nine months now. And then I just did my first little Zoom show recently and it felt good. It was good practice, you know, but I just, um, it's it's just hard for me to go back and forth. That's, yeah, uh, that's yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, because when you get on stage, it's a much different feeling than uh, being in the Zoom. You might be delivering setup punch, but it's not the same as being in the room. Of course, you must prefer being live, just like me, right? Zoom is exactly. Yes, exactly. And I, and you know, it's funny because, but I, you, you mentioned that I, you know, get booked a lot, and it's I'm pretty new as a comedian, and I know yeah. that that's a lot surprising to a lot of people, but. I think it was really the Zoom experience and meeting and networking with all the people that I met over the whole time on Zoom that got me booked in 2021. Um, yeah, you there, know, I would <clears throat> go ahead. No, I was just going to say there are positives to this pandemic, even though they're just happenstance like that networking and stuff. So you were saying that some of your uh, meeting people, your contacts got you booked uh, for real. For real. I mean, I, you know, I started out with Dad Fan and Friends in the very beginning, which was great because I was meeting all these people from L.A. And um, yeah. and then when I, I, I decided, well, I was it was actually uh, brought up to me that I really should be um, working with more New York and New Jersey area comedians. So then I started to look for more Zoom shows in this area and I found Comedy Therapy with Jim Mandrinos and I started to do their mics and their shows. Um, and uh, then I did a, uh, a contest with them with 64 comedians, and I ended up winning first place. <laughs> and, That's terrific. Yeah, it, it, was, it was unbelievable. It was such an exciting time, and it was a month-long competition, and I was just doing working at it every day because we were That's all just great. locked down. Yeah, so it was exciting. And in that time, I you know got exposure. Uh, Cara Montgomery ended up booking me live on Funny Women of a Certain Age from that. Um, and then from there, I got, you know, seen from a lot of other bookers and, and just, it's just been a great, uh, you know, path to doing lots and lots of comedy in great places. And Mendros also has that like comedy writing class, I think you're involved with now. Yes. And it's funny because he gave it to me a couple of times, which is because I've been working with him for a while, doing live shows and Zoom shows and also running a mic for him. Mm -hmm. And um I haven't been able to sit down and really focus for 30 days every day. It's a daily exercise. So um, this is my third time actually signing up for it. But uh -huh. this time I'm really, I'm really committed to doing the work every day for 30 days. And so we're like on day eight now and uh, it's going very well. So, and I'm actually taking it with my sister. So we're doing uh -huh. it together. It's always fun to take stuff together. And so it's a, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. You're both comedians and there's a lot to learn from there. And one of the things about Zoom uh, that I found interesting, I mean, as you know, we are on Mutiny Radio right now, and that our show has been on Mutiny Radio for years and years and years. And you met our fearful leader, Pam Benjamin, not through Mutiny, but through these Zooms, right? Yes, yes. I met Pam Benjamin very early in the pandemic because I was put into a group of comedians from all over. I don't even know who put me in that group, mm. but I was in this group where we were just meeting up on Zoom every night for socializing and also going over new material and bits and just getting to know each other. And Pam was in there and I, you know, she was always like, you know, just such a friendly person and just, That's you know, her. just a fun person. Yeah. She's a great person to talk to. And I haven't spoken to her in a while, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited to, you know, remember and, and think about that time yeah. period. And she's an amazing cook. She's like a chef. She's amazing. <laughs> she does everything. I mean, she yes. keeps this place together and we love yeah. her. Bam, Benjamin. That's great. So 
one of the reasons you're busy and can't be like focusing all the time is because you've been a teacher for over 20 years and that puts you also in like Zoom situations, right? What's that been like? Yeah, teaching is, you know, it's been really amazing. Kids are resilient and the teachers are resilient. And I think everybody's had a great attitude, but it's it's been, it's had its challenges. Um, but I really also feel like, um, although I focus a lot on my teaching career, teaching has really uh, been, uh, you know, uh, kind of a, a, a platform for me to, to practice comedy my whole 20 something years, <laughs> because I've had this. Yeah, I have a captive audience in my in my <laughs> palm of my hand. Like every every uh, five periods a day, I can tell the same story five different times and see which way. It <laughs> and so it, that's kind of my open mic. My open mic is my classroom. Yeah. So you've you've you're you're doing the curriculum, but in between, you get to say you know, and like you said, you can work on your joke as you yes. go through the multiple classes. That's like uh, yes. trying it out at five open mics. Yeah, exactly. A day, you know, and they love hearing my personal stories, you mm -hmm. know, ones that are fitting to, to them. And um, it's kind of interesting, especially about my kids and different things. And they relate to, you know, video game playing and whatever the case may be. But it's it's a it's a lot of fun. And I didn't even realize that I'm practicing all these years, you know. Yeah. For, uh, yeah. yeah, you've been a performer. The yeah. material just wasn't it was a little dry. But right. Um, okay, so how can people find you out there on the internet, a website, your social media? How do people get in touch, learn about yeah. your shows? Well, I have a website and it's um, Jessica Marie, I'm sorry, Jessica Miranda Comedian. Uh, dot com. That's my website. And then also on Facebook, I'm just Jessica Miranda. And on Instagram, I'm Jessica underscore Miranda underscore comedian. So you guys can find me on any of those places. Um, and uh, yeah, I hope you follow me and, and see the shows that I have going on soon. I guess JessicaMirandaComedian.com is like the first stop to see yeah. what's coming up for you, right? It, yes, that's where I have all of my shows, uh, you know, um, current shows and future shows. My calendar's up there. And um, actually, my I'm really excited about my photo gallery because I'm just such a visual uh -huh. person. So if you ever check out my website, make sure you check out the photo gallery because I love those pictures that I have up there. I think you're in a couple of them, Carl. You're in a few yeah. of them from the from the Big Red Buzzer show. Oh wow, the Big Red Buzzer! Wow, we're going back then. Way that back. Was a great night. You really killed that night, and you didn't get yeah. buzzed, right? You didn't get gone. Yeah, I didn't get you buzzed. Just... I, I I actually came in second place that night. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I was sitting there in a in a tuxedo judging you. Oh. Yeah. Ugh, well, I didn't gone yet. Okay, so, Jessica, everyone at home is poised to watch this movie at the exact same second that we do. Okay, we've all got our fingers hovering over the play button. So why don't you go ahead, Jessica Miranda, and give us that celebrity comedian countdown. Okay, guys, get ready to watch your movie. Here we go. Three, two, one, go. No, that was great. Great comedian countdown. And now the boneyard. And now yes. to the boneyard. And now the boneyard. And Nelson, how many people are in this movie? Like three? Yeah. No, there was like five to seven. There's a Norman Fell. I yeah. caught that. Yeah. Oosterman. And he's young. I wonder if I could do a Norman Fell impersonation. Mine's all visual. I'm sorry. Podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I just want to say I'm already mad at this movie. I mean, what a waste of your opening. Here we have an opening, and we're going to see black and right. 
the credits and we hear creepy music. We hear scary music. Are movies allowed to do that? Of course, all movies are, but you're wasting a very important part of your movie. What is the atmosphere, the mood, the setting? Set us well, up. You, you can know, take I, I disagree. I just, you know, if it's best, I love movies that just show me the title and start the movie. Uh, and then at the end, do the end credits. But if not, do all the proper credits. Don't give me a, uh, any tip of what it is. And then, you know, James Cumming, bring it on. Because okay. this is the image. Now yeah. it begins. He's entering the door. Yeah. 20. Is 420? I don't no, it's think four, so. It's 42. Yes. Oh, is it 42? Oh, uh, yeah. No, it's 43. Sorry. <laughs> That's even worse. It's That's not, even worse. <laughs> That's a misdemeanor. Well, Look at his rabbit's foot. wonder what that means. There's a rabbit walking around hating that dude. <laughs> uh, hobbling. Limping. Yeah, Limping. hobbling. Ugh. Damn mail and leaves. I can't tell them apart. They're all uh, junk mail for leave uh, raking services. Leave, yeah, remove. <laughs> leave removal. Autumn serve. Uh, autumn cleanup. Fall cleanup. Right. Services. We clean up vo rogue vines. This is North Carolina. That's why we're seeing these like vines and. Oh yeah, the ivy's everywhere. Oh, yeah. Eddie Munster. <laughs> Looks like a Pez dispenser. No, he's like James Vanderbrook. This guy's name is David Crusoe. I wonder why. Well, he has to be one of the five. His name is James Oosterman, and he's being. I don't know. He. The, the the director wrote this with this guy in mind. He was once he was in Species Space Invaders, uh, and he was on a TV movie called Cast a Deadly Spell as a Werewolf. But more than that, he's like he's a prop and model maker. He worked on Dinner for Schmucks, like fix, doing those mice. Yeah, because I thought I saw his credit elsewhere. But um, what was an early credit you mentioned? Because I think I know what it is. Well, there's Species. And they're spaced invaders. Oh, so is it spaced uh, invaders yeah. with a D? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that is like a wacky comedy. And I might have you have uh, Randy Quaid in that. Interesting. Yeah. It's one of those movies I used to see the video, the DVD box, you know. Right. Now, what the director's doing here is he's faking out you that we've started our movie. And we're entering some creepy, spooky, ghosty house or something, you know? It's a creepy, spooky, ghosty house? <laughs> well, I don't know. You have to listen. T turn the music on for a minute. Turn the sound. Oh, all right. Yes, sir. It sounds like one of those industrial... Oh, no. Here comes the helicopter. It's going to ruin the uh, sound. <laughs> sounds like a helicopter. I'm in the uh, a lot of helicopters here in the Mission District. We can't hear it. Wait, there. Oh, you good. It's louder than the it's louder than the audio. So, why is that good? <laughs> a lot of helicopters, helicopters, as we say in Oakland. So anyway, you're noticing the creepy music, right? You know what? I think I have it on mute. 
No, I do. It sounds like those cassettes of industrial drone that I used to get in the mail. So you that's know, like what the director's ZF. doing. He's like trying to trick us that the movie started. And really, it's just going to pay off in a joke. The woman they're going there to see is sleeping in bed, you know, and she's covered up with a lot of blankets. Oh, so there's nothing haunting. There's no conjuring needed in this house. Right. So, so the director's doing something a little clever. Now, this director, he never directed Hollywood movies. He did three B movies. But for Hollywood, he would do, like, special effects of makeup. And right. he was one of those guys who would sculpt, like, he sculpted the face studies for Enemy Mine and, like, for Cocoon and Jaws 3D. And he was a sculptor kind of guy. <laughs> well, I mean... He worked enough in, in films, you know, he, he probably wanted to direct. Yeah. Okay, so this is where she's going to pop up? Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's a payoff, and it's only slightly funny. Uh, it's really not strong enough. Are they going to get it on? Is, is this the boning yarn yet? No, they're not going to get it on. This woman is uh, very fat. So? I paid one good money. I'll watch. Okay. Well, I paid. All right. Okay, I'm going back to red tube. Okay, they are. Uh, they are going to bone her. Uh, you just got to wait a little bit into the film right. to let you know. Oh, so this is the monster. Yeah, with a pillow fight. Now look, the director's got him going for his gun. Right. We're still not breaking that this is a. She knocked monster. him down the staircase. Right. You know, I know in movies you don't get hurt, but that two staircases, you get fucked up at that point. <laughs> Not all of us are stuntmen. Look at this, this arty direction. Up there is the monster. Boom. Slowly I descend step by step. Uh oh. I still can't tell. She's pixelated. Oh, there she is. Oh, so that's it. So now we start. Gladys. <laughs> she's the hero. That's cool. Yeah, she's the hero. And she's like, you know, privacy. I mean, what are you guys doing? You're walking into my house. I'm sleeping. A lot of people sleep. Do they know each other? Yeah, they've worked on past cases. She's like a psychic lady. Well, she <laughs> Not, not when she's uh, off the clock, apparently. <laughs> well, she's had enough, you see. Uh, when she has her psychic experiences, she, like, undergoes the emotions that that involves. Seeing creepy, disgusting things, seeing murders. So she's like a, a extra medium. Yeah. Because, yeah. She's one of those, help the cops with the psychic ladies. But then... It, will there be a cop that go, I don't like you talking to her? No, there won't. I know why you said that. That is, I know that movie. Which movie is that? Where, oh, wait, there's like a cop calls a psychic and there's like right. every movie. The chief goes, I don't believe in this. If the mayor's office didn't order me to do this. Right, right, right. The oh, mayor's geez. office. <laughs> But if I hear one word about the mayor's office. 
Where did you, how? 16 police cruisers. We only have 13 police cruisers. Where did you find? That you're talking about my bit where laundry basket of justice, where yeah. laundry basket gets called in by. Where the did police. you get the three other police cruisers? Uh huh. Uh huh. Really? Twice in the chest. <laughs> no, I didn't know Mary Lou Henner dated Tony Danza on the set of Taxi. <laughs> of course, I'm familiar with Gary Busey's chili. All right, <laughs> Detective Laundry Basket. Yeah. Along those if lines. you do another laundry-related pun, I'm going to bring you out and hang you up to dry. Laundry basket! Now get out of here before I get depressed and steamed. <laughs> laundry basket! Yeah, he hated those. The chief yeah. really hated those laundry uh, basket, laundry-related puns. <laughs> yeah, you know, I never thought of that was my, my partner laundry basket. Who, uh... <coughs> Was mute the whole time, but you know, uh, I don't. I could, couldn't think of another routine. I can never top that one. I did another bit where they're on a stakeout, uh-huh. and it's laundry is Detective Laundry Basket's partner. You know what yeah, your problem is, Detective. Been a writer for you, I would have loved to help with that. We would. You know, anytime you need Detective Laundry Basket to do a uh, a cameo or a cross uh-huh. uh, for Waterman, that sounds perfect. Yeah, I would love. I would love a cameo. An appearance. So you're in a different. We'd have to be visiting the city or something, and we right, could, yeah, of course, interagency cooperation. And that way, we could have the uh, laundry basket zones start and yell at them. Or, yeah, you know, yeah. You could be maybe the state troopers. I should just tell you the reason I'm not talking is this is just going on and on and on. All they're doing is she's saying, "I don't want this anymore." Jersey, that's his name, Jersey, and then he's saying. Um, then he, he's saying, you know, people need you, you're helping people. Uh, he, he's kind of trying to spin it to don't be selfish, even though he never goes that far. Um, can you dig it? Yeah. But it goes on and on and on. It's really a B movie here. Well, you mean they're padding out the time or they're just letting the actors act? Uh, good question. I think it's just bad writing. Bad writing. The, the, yeah, because choice. it is repeating. I think they're going script line by line here. I don't think they were trying to like say like, okay, our ending rent short. Let's stretch it in the. It just right. doesn't seem. Well, now no, her name is Allie Oates, and she was in True Beverly Hills. She was in Ski Patrol, and she was in Fugitive Lovers in 1975, and that's it. Huh. Well, Fugitive Lover sounds like a great movie. <laughs> yeah. And Are they like fans of the TV show? It sounds like a candidate for um, uh, being on YouTube. Oh, right. Hi, welcome. It's our new podcast, Carl and Mike with Fugitive Lover. <laughs> the 1960s original. We were watching the, the Tim Daly. You know, there was a version from 10 years ago. Or no, 20 uh-huh. years ago. They remade The Fugitive with Tim Daly. So they've, they're constantly, that idea is out there for the fugitive lover. Tim Daly? Should I know I his so. face? Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. I guess. <laughs> I said it, though. 
<laughs> oh, damn. Sigh. Yeah. You know, every time yeah. I, I get, I deep, you know, every time I'm in that state, I put my, I rest my head against the window. And you say sig? Say sig. Yeah, when we were uh, kids, we would read Charlie Brown and we read that as sig. Oh, S I G H. The right. H is silent. Right. We were in third grade or whatever. Yeah, you'd <laughs> be like sig. Ah, sig. Okay, like so they have gone away and said, fine, you want to be left alone? Goodbye. And now she's sitting there like, oh, woe is me. I've, you know, she quit her job at the library. She was like the school librarian or some bullshit. And How many people? Is it a small town, right? Or like, yes, yes. This was shot. Well, it doesn't really talk about where the town is, but this was shot in North Carolina, essentially. It was, um, where is it? Well, it's not jumping out in, in front of me right now, but our star. Uh, lived in Greensboro, North Carolina. So maybe that's why they chose this place to shoot. Here it is, right. Statesville and Asheville, North Carolina, which are kind of off the beaten path. Not known for its film industry. Yeah. Now, this what else was shot there? Like uh, Mason Dixie Car Wash? <laughs> yeah. County Car Wash? It was... Come on down to Bob's Discount. Kill me a Yankee car. Used <laughs> autos. Where I, if you don't get a deal, I'll kill me a Yankee. Featuring 2,000 maniacs. Yep. Two, over hundreds of maniacs. Now she's having a vision. Okay. Yeah. Do you think the vision, all right, in her house? Yeah. Like Where what she, she sleeps? Well, she's sort of sitting there in that chair sleeping right now, but we don't really know because we're with her the whole time. Now now she's having a vision, and when the vision ends, she'll be back there in that seat. So do these steps count for the day, or if you walk in a vision, do you count those steps? <laughs> it depends. I mean, if it's on your Fitbit, if it's on your iPhone, then you, you know. I'm going to get those 5K daily. You physically did it if it's on your iPhone. Oh, it's oh. the troll from Troll. There's the the sound of uh, a crying baby outside. It looks like a hand is holding it. No, it's just... It's right. Door. It does look like a hand. Oh. Some doors require a lot of hand holding. Oh, like who? Roy Orbison? No, <laughs> fuck. I fucked that joke up for you. God damn it. Get Morrison? Oh, how pretty. Hey. Ah, ah, that's so scary. Ah, I'm yeah. coming towards you. Get I'm away, puppeteer. Towards you. Scary marinette, go I away. I want to be an actress. Look at those I bones. I a bone lot here. away for this part. Okay, look. Hugging. Not oh. attacking. Hugging. Her, you know, if your movie's called The Boneyard, you should get some more realistic skeleton bones. <laughs> It looks like a marionette. Oh, I haven't seen going? the hugging yet. What do you know what a skeleton looks like? Oh, I've seen plenty of skeletons. I don't well, need look to... at She's hugging like mommy or something. But we'll never have this followed up in the film. It's it, like you would think with this, that would mean at the end of the film, when she's going to eat everybody, she'd say, give me a hug or something, right? Wait, when she what, everybody? She eats everybody? 
yeah, like when the you know they're attacking and oh, stuff to end the the crisis and save our movie, she shows a little love, right? Right. No, yeah. He didn't do that. Now look at her. She woke up. She's all freaked out. So she's going to be rash and impulsive and burn all her collection. Yeah, I, dude, I would not light a fire in that house. <laughs> You gotta. If I was her roommate, I'd be like, "Oh Jesus Christ! You gotta stay off that shit." Yeah. Now, in December 1989, a botched special effect did did cause a fire on the set. Really? Yeah. Oh, so I I'm sorry. I'm kidding. I hope everyone was okay. No, they weren't okay. And shame on you, Michael. Terrible. Wait, terrible. I I was just saying. I didn't. But it is very funny. I I see your sense of humor, Mark. Very, Mike. Very dark. Oh, did you call me Mike Marin? Yes. Now they did uh, $850,000 they spent on this thing. It went straight to DV, to VHS. So I really don't know how they did. Like, this is really interesting. The VHS rental box, it was two boxes. One was promoting it as a horror film and the other one as a comedy. Um, and the, there's a poodle on the box. You'll meet the poodle later. The comedy box slips right over the horror box. So that's kind of neat. Really strange. I never heard of that before. Yeah. You know, uh, I I have a, my only film book right now is my psychotronic video guide. And he likes this movie a lot. Uh-huh. He said it was a good movie, which normally he doesn't have to. <laughs> you know, when, oh. you, when you review hundreds of movies like this, you don't have to say it's good. You just tell it what it is and people right. watch it, you know. And he went out of his way. Out of his it way. It was good. Emphasize that it was good. Yeah. That's good. Now, she had her vision. Okay. Um, Ashley. And therefore, she's come down to the station saying, okay, I just had a vision. I'll help you. And now they're seeing an interview of the mortician. This mortician, right? He captured children. Kept them locked up, fed them food from the corpses that he was trafficking through there, you know. He would Uh take it off their back so he could still embalm the body and make it look pretty. And then he would feed, yeah. And so he made them into demons, okay. Uh uh, Yeah, so that's the backstory. But meanwhile, the guy behind her is like bored out of his mind. He's been looking at his watch during this yeah, there is not yet uh, a reason for him to be compelled. Uh, he's on. He's it's it's a job. He's nine to five, and he's on the case. Whatever you say, boss. Peyton Place guy is the boss. Oh wow, Jersey. His name's Jersey. Do you like that idea? He's called Jersey. Uh, I don't know what it means. He's a North Carolina person. Like, do they not mean New Jersey? It's just like, you know, like a jacket, a name. He's old, so maybe it's old Jersey. (laughs) New Jersey is 1684. All right, so he was 1621. This guy did sculpting for Enemy Mind, The Thing, in 1982. Cocoon, Jaws 3D, Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. He's our only connection. Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, 1988. Yeah. He, he's been in every movie I watched. Part 
bleeps. Never saw heart bleeps. Have you seen that? Uh, no, I avoided it because it just looks so stupid. It's about it's computers and robots and stuff. Yeah, but it's Andy Kaufman's movie. Impossible to watch, to find. It's impossible to find? That's well, I'm not gonna, you're going to type it in YouTube? God bless you if it pops up. <laughs> Should I check out Heartbeats? I haven't seen Yeah, you know, my brother remembers seeing it as a kid, and he still quotes it. But yeah, it's a ridiculous movie. And, uh, uh, I would like see Eddie this because... Well, I mean, Andy Kaufman made a movie where he's a robot. Okay. The, the Madeline Connor, Bernard Peters, I forgot who the other robot was. So, I don't know. Like crap. So now they're like, she like wants to go down to the morgue where the corpses are, and she wants to get an object, and that will help her have vision. And no. you see, she's got an earring there. See the earring? Yes. Yeah, that's the signal. I'm a chick. You can, I, I wore earrings. <laughs> I'm a girl. She looks like a chick. You don't think so? I think she looks like a chick. Yeah. I think she should grow her hair out a little. <laughs> so what about the children? wearing a hat. I'm sorry. I want to know the status of the children. Are they okay? Which children? The one the mortician was talking about. No, they're dead. They're Listen, dead I had in a... the morgue. They're dead and in the morgue. Oh, I knew that he was feeding the corpses to the children. Yes. And that killed them? Uh, no, he eventually killed them. Oh. All right. And this is revealed in the first 10 minutes of this movie? Does this movie get even more grotesque? Uh, this movie will be hideous and horrible, and I hate it. Uh, we're 20... Two minutes in, and uh, <laughs> I see your point. <laughs> like, this is like a full-on horror movie? It's not full-on because there's comedy in it. It's not a very funny movie. It's not a good movie. Now, your movie review guy knows better than me. I'm not joking because that's his job. I'm going to find it. I'm going to pull it right now from the, to the bookcase, okay? If I may? Sure. I'm going to go over to the uh, studio bookcase. Okay, get a good look at this building because you won't see the outside again until the very last second of the movie. Uh, okay, psychotronic video guy. Look, see? Look. It's a house. Well, it's, it's the morgue, but you're not going to see the outside of it again until the very last frame. Oh, so we're going to be stuck in the morgue for the rest yeah. of this movie? We are walking into our movie, 25 minutes in. Well, you know, I always feel like 25 minutes into the movie, it's the poster, as you say. Right, act two. Yeah. But you, well, that's you, fair. That's fair. That's really very movie-esque of this, then. Yeah. You know, you're allowed that time to let the characters breathe. Who they are. Now, you can see it's happy Thanksgiving time. It's November. And they really did shoot. Let's see here. I think it's just because, yeah, that's, they started shooting. They shot for five weeks. They started November 13th through December 20. So wherever they're shooting here, whatever location they were able to get, because it's no studio. It's like an old lady home or something, a nursing home or something. Right. It yeah. had happy Thanksgiving up when they were working there during the day. Oh, there's Phyllis Stiller. 
Yeah, no wig. The director insisted she not wear a wig. Why not? Because she's she's not Phyllis Stiller. She's the creepy mortician. Although I'm sure she talks exactly like Phyllis Stiller. Give her a listen. Give her a listen. Ah. All right, here we go. Ah, ha, ha, ha. You know, my husband, Fang. Oh, yeah, that was her husband's name in her act. She used to say, my, my husband, Fang, is permanent. My husband's in real life, they were temporary. <laughs> All right, here we go. All right, that sounds like Phyllis Diller, San Francisco's legendary comedian. Yeah, San Francisco's. That's where she got her break. She she used to live, I don't know, the Midwest or something, and she would make all of her neighbors laugh. She'd make the other mothers laugh. She'd do stuff at the PTA. Like, she had a natural affinity for making people laugh, and she loved the attention. But, you know, that's all it ever was, you know. Then, I mean, she had a great act, though. Then she moved to San Francisco because of her husband's job, and she got a she was a secretary at a television show and she got it together to put on a nightclub act and the the people who did the show went and saw it they loved it and they gave her a spot on there you know and that's how she began on tv you know by the next thing she knows she was all over tv and she got this a, a fin, a, uh she got connected with bob hope uh somehow doing the uso shows going to nom with them yeah all right, I found the, here we go. This is from uh, Michael J. Weldon. He wrote, uh, he had a great magazine called Psychotronic Video, uh, where it was interviews and movie reviews. And I have his old video guide. The Boneyard. Here's a film with a difference. It's suspenseful, serious, and surprising, but has some unexpected laughs too. Scary, slimy, mummy-like little cannibal zombies in an old city morgue are Asian-like uh, Kiyoshi kids with tails. Deborah Rose plays a reluctant psychic heroine who happens to weigh about 300 pounds. Former uh, Corman regular Ed Nelson, the brain eaters, is a patient cop called Jersey. Phyllis Stiller, without a wig, is a mean, nasty old woman who runs the morgue. And Norman Fell, and then in parentheses, he has an exclamation point, with a ponytail and earrings, is a mortician. You won't believe the Big Daddy like. Uh, Big Daddy Roth like monster Diller becomes, or the giant poodle monster, two exclamation points. <laughs> Cummings also did FX, filmed in Statesville and Asheville, North Carolina. Yeah. Wait, what not... he said it's good. He said it's good. Yeah. He said it's serious and funny, and the and the film is different, you know. Gotcha. But I mean, I'm sure like zombie poodles is like a walk in the park or whatever. <laughs> No, I'm mad at this film for a bunch of reasons. One of them is the way that you see Norman Fell. He does have this big, like, mustache. That's him there. He's oh, I see. behind. If I was this director, I'd be like, hey, Mr. Roper, roll him, right? Can you get a sweater vest, please? I would want Mr. Roper. You'd be playing music. Boop, 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 do, <laughs> do, 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 do. I know the themes to the Ropers. Oh, that was their 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 spinoff show. Yeah, so Mr. Oh. and Mrs. Roper left Three's company, 
do their own show where they go into a condo or something with a couple that included uh, Jeffrey Tambor. And Don Knox showed up on the. That's right. Don Knox became the new landlord for. Which worked. It really worked. No one ever fell out of love with Mr. Roper, though. No, I mean, Mr. Roper, I mean, for what the show was, he was always still like. You see the three bodies, right? uh Uh-huh. Yeah, they're fucking undead, my man. Are they at least of age? Are they children? Yes. Shut up. They are undead children, yes. This movie really... What? What? It's creepy, right? I mean... So if they were undead adults, that's cool. But I didn't... But children, I didn't... Listen, I'm one of those assassins that knows never anything about children. Take the shot, Carl. Take the shot. What is, never said there'd be children involved. <laughs> oh, is that uh, Scarface? Yeah, Scar- right, Scarface. He's driving around the U.N. like, uh, don't do it. Fuck you, man! Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> right, and then suddenly he's not a cool criminal anymore. I told you not to fuck with me, you monkey. You want to go to war? <laughs> I'm not doing it right. Well, I mean, like he was going to be like sitting on the uh, the, the star chamber. here, Mike. I'm sorry. Look how long we dwelled in that one spot, going talky, 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 talky. This move, movie was horribly written. Well, don't you think that that's the payoff? Is that you know we go in, we we're one room. We're not even in the mortuary. We see it detached through the. Uh, as viewers, we see it again through a television set, but I'm sure at the end we'll be stuck, the, the characters will be stuck in there. I don't know. Could be well-crafted. <laughs> who am I to say? I, well, you're a guy who didn't watch the film, listen to the uh, sound, and be going, oh my God, when is this scene going to end? Uh, <laughs> you know, when there is a feature on YouTube. Now, how's the wife and stuff like that? You never change the speed, huh? When you watch the YouTube videos. <laughs> 1.5. Yeah, I think the whole mortuary is filled with zombies, boodles. Oh no, here comes Phil Stiller at 1.5 speed. Ha 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 ha. Ha ha. Stiller. You know, one of my favorite Bob Hope Phyllis Stiller's movie, I think, which is, uh, Boy, I have the wrong number, or uh, and boy, I have the wrong number. And there's one point where this they uh, girl passes out on sleeping pills, and Phyllis Stiller says, "Well, you know, if a girl has sleeping pills, she must have pep pills." Sure <laughs> enough, they find pep pills on her. <laughs> I guess back then uh, we would carry sleeping pills and pep pills with each other. I guess. Salt and pepper. I okay, so now, Mister, anything I say you disagree with? Go ahead and really turn up the sound and listen to this horrible backstory exposition. Are you listening? Turn it up. It is up. I got it up. This guy makes uh, Peter Falk look like uh, Lisa Wood. All right, tell me what he's saying. Repeat it back to me. Go ahead. He said, oh, hang on, hey, you got the, and that, and that. My finger goes this way. I don't know what he's saying. He's picking his nose. Look, I'm telling you, this movie was horribly written. You don't need to dis- disagree with me. No, I don't know. 
I think what they were doing is establishing you're outside of the morgue, and then you're seeing. Some, sometimes be. movies are poorly written, but if it's written and directed by someone, it, it's sometimes the vision comes through, right? I mean, is he successful despite of himself? Um, well, he did three B movies. He did Harbinger in '96. He did Grant. Uh, he did Dark Thirty in '93, and he did The Boneyard in '91. Um, that the rest of it was the sculpting, and he did special effects makeup for episodes of The Twilight Zone and The Hitchhiker in uh, '85 and '83. Oh, so the Twilight Zone '80. I actually watched a bunch of those. Yeah. So I mean, he had a career in movies. He was just always on the creative, uh, you know, like it's pre-production. What are these things going to look like? Let's employ some sculptors to help us out. And then he went on on his own to uh, direct movies. Now he's got $850,000 budget. He's got Phyllis Diller. He's got the guy who used to be on Peyton Place, right? He, right. He's got, uh, I, I think Norman. we're <laughs> Norman. Oh, yeah. And then he's got Norman Fell. So... So he's not a slouch. He made a movie. Okay, right. so one of the elevators is out, so he must bring the body through the lobby. Well, Phyllis Diller will have none of that. That but is against tacky. regulation. What, because it's sanitary? Yeah. Well, it's okay to have a dog in a mortuary? Yeah. Wouldn't the dog, like, the body? Yes, and later... <laughs> We're gonna have a little <laughs> bit of zombie licking. I don't like these mortuary. I, these morticians suck in this movie. Yeah. They're either like feeding dead bodies to children, or uh, now, I don't know what's worse. Out of the, the director wanted us to see that a screw fell out of the uh, the gurney. Okay, so when they I get to the elevator, it will collapse, and that's supposed to explain it for you. Oh well, he's a good director then, Carl. Uh, no, no, he, no, he's not like that. <laughs> uh, when he gets on to the gurney, uh, into the elevator, at least the first time I saw this movie, I did not understand why the gurney was collapsing. I did the second time I saw it, okay? Plus, the gurney collapsing provides some gross stuff, but nothing else. It doesn't pay off. So oh, that's a relief. why do it? That's a relief, right? We're sick of the gross stuff in this. Like his what, yeah, what a good stuff. director. He gave us relief. We're sick of the gross stuff in this movie. <laughs> and that's why I was fired from Disney. <laughs> so now Peyton Place guy is laying down the law, Jersey. This is what we're doing. This is an emergency corridor. <laughs> so and so to get it fixed. He like he somehow becomes the boss, even though he's just some cop who's gone there to see a bo see bodies. You mean he's like a loud, obnoxious guy, pushy, and his name is what? He's a pushy, loud guy. Does he tailgate people? <laughs> Jersey. Jersey. Uh, his name is Jersey Callium, and I get your joke. Uh, I think that's a good joke. I'm going to write that the first joke of this show. They okay. call him Jersey because he tailgates everyone. <laughs> uh, he did a lot of B-movie stunt work for Roger Corman. 56 movie in 57 you know like swamp women attack of the crab monsters rock all sure. night 57 carnival rock 
it carnival goes rock. About eight to ten of them, yeah. That's like if I can't afford a carnival or a rock show, I'd be like, this is great. Thank you, Corman. Two in yeah. one. I went once to Great Adventure and saw the Beach Boys perform. That was a carnival rock. Uh, who was in the band? Do you remember? Can I ask you? Uh, well, it was the crazy one. Um, Brian or Dennis? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. And he was telling all about the different phases. Of, you know, first we wrote about surfing, then we wrote about cars, then we wrote about girls. <laughs> was it good? Do you, was it a good concert? Would you put it up there? Uh, it was like my first concert ever. Like I was a little kid. I don't even count it as a concert. Or maybe it was like I had been to concerts and I this was my third one. Like it was a big deal to me back in the day to go see concerts because it's something grownups did, like something right. big kids did. So I, I I counted it for a while. And then after I had seen like 20 concerts, I said, that doesn't count, you little child. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're done. But then you started performing and you made force people to watch concerts. I forced them. Yeah, me and Solnik and Kanichi. We played the French club dinner and everyone had to listen to it. Do you remember uh, Rock Against Dinos? Yes. <laughs> in New Jersey, there was it's still around. And we actually we went there when we were in New Jersey. And I had just one taste of your pizza and it brought me back. Still had the great taste. Mr. Dinos had some notoriety. And so yeah. he kicked out Paul and Kanichi. So they they decided to have rock against dinos right a, they pro put them, a protest outside on the sidewalk with their drum kit and guitar yeah that was great they made a poster I remember that. yes <laughs> come come out to rock against dinos <laughs> that's so great man and what else of course you're going of course you're going you're a freshman of course yeah you're... i didn't go even though it was like a block from my house yeah it was yeah. <laughs> okay. That was a, now she's got an object and she's going to have one of her visions. Now, where's Norman Fell? Uh, he fell. He's hiding behind glasses and a mustache. Here he is in the front right. You That's can't Norman Fell? Ponytail. Oh, look at him stretching. <laughs> oh, he doesn't want people to know he, was, he just did Transylvania. I saw it. He's it's undead alive. He hasn't noticed, like no psychic. Oh, here comes a vision. Yeah, she's starting to have her vision. What she does is she gets a vibrator and she begins to use it, and then she starts to have a vision. Look, she's doing it right now. Oh, there's the. A... <laughs> <laughs> Yo, don't kiss it. Ouch! You cut. You uh -huh. cut my hand to get blood. And I felt it in the real world. I am a stereotype. Yeah, what's where are they? Movie trope. Uh, who knows? Vision glass. I mean, Maybe are they in the woods? Are they in China? I guess, but somehow. Okay, when the the mortician was giving an interview, he said that his family was tied to help the demons come to life, like. There was a curse on their family. And I guess we're seeing a historic. He's having a vision of history when it, I don't know, happened in the 1200s. What do I know? Right. 
Well, it takes place, uh, I don't know, maybe down the street. Can you guys be quiet? I'm trying to get a psychic premonition. Oh, there we go. Whoa! Uh, Wait a minute. Should... He's not in that little lunchroom with Holiday. You're right. She's in the morgue ward. Where they keep the bodies. And... Right. Now, she can see coming through the door Norman Fell, Peyton Place guy. Is she having, like, does she, like, move herself? What's it called when you can be in another? Project? Yeah, like Dr. Strange did or something. Okay. Well, we don't see her float around. Huh? Is there Tilden Sweden around? What is From Dr. Strange? I'll explain my jokes. Okay. I think oh. that she could astro plane if she would do like a, like a zeppelin, like do helium, and then float over. Float over. Yeah. Uh oh. Someone's not doing your. They're supposed to be dead. You had one job. <laughs> the Goodyear psychic. Oh, dead sheets. Ah, uh, he's just Morning stretching, breath. waking up. Look at that boner they got when they wake up. It's, yeah, they call it, I woke up with wood. <laughs> that, yeah. At 55, you do not wake up with wood. <laughs> what if you were a zombie? Maybe that'll change it. <laughs> if Sometimes, right? Yeah. Sometimes if you didn't go pee, you really have to pee. And then you think you've got morning wood, but you didn't. You oh, just, it disappears the moment you pee. It just, yeah, it's like it's deflating, like the pee was in it. And it, it, <laughs> you pee it out. It goes... <laughs> my, my favorite is when it hits you and you wake up. and uh, You know, you like wake up at three or whatever. Suddenly you get morning wood and you're like, I'm the greatest. I still got it. Holy shit. Oh, is that Jeremy Piven? Way to go, no, Piven. it looks like him, right? That's Jeremy Piven. There, we get a first I can't. I don't. I like do Norman not. Fell. He does not look like Norman. I gotta maybe I'll raise the volume, see if he sounds like Norman Fell. They so, wasted their actor here. No, these are comedic actors in a horror movie. It's perfectly apt to have them do something different. You know? Um, okay, so you got a B movie, it's going straight to video. If you want to help sell it, show me Mr. Roper, show me Phyllis Diller. I want to see her wig on. You see what I'm saying? And what about yeah. this Peyton Place guy? Like, why cast him? Like, do we really know him? I mean well, I mean, they probably got the actors they can get the actors for. Maybe they for you, Mike, role. you might like him from Police Academy Three. Yeah, I'm familiar of his work. Oh, you are. I never seen Pain in Place. I've never read the book. I never seen the movie. I never seen the TV show. He was in the movie Airport Seventy Five, and he was in the movie For the Love of Benji. Right, that's when they kill cats and sacrifice them. Right. For the love of For the love of Benji. <laughs> okay, this is really great. I want you to turn up the sound when Alrighty. it's time. Okay, look, Mike, be ready, be ready, because it's one of the only funny things about the movie. All right, look, I have the sound on now. So. Well, I, then you're going to get discouraged and turn it down. You always do, as if we'll get arrested. I'll no, no, I'm going to keep it going. Fortunately, the sound sounds terrible, so I can keep it in the background. Uh, there's an What's audience the, 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 I'm talking about, Michael. Ba, 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 ba. Da, 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 da. Okay, she grabs the keys. Right. 
He runs for the elevator. The dog goes, sick him. She goes, sick him. So this is how the dog gets down into the moor. He can't get through. That's okay. Phyllis Diller to the rescue. Sick him. Right. Okay. Keep the sound up because here comes our big joke. She got away with it. Love it. Phyllis Diller, kick the dog out. So there's a comedian in New Jersey, and I really don't appreciate it because I think it's too mean-spirited. But that's his, not tagline, uh, catchphrase. That's his catchphrase. He does a joke about his Uh ex-girlfriend, and then the audience screams out, fat bitch. Yeah. I think it's mean-spirited, but I mean, I've been around him so often. How many years has he been doing this act? Like more, I don't know the real answer, but it's over a year. It's pre-pandemic, you know. Don't you? He might want to move on with his life. Otherwise, uh, he'll be that ex ex-wife comic. My ex-wife, six years of my ex-wife. Yeah, you know what? Move on. Write some new material. Maybe life after six years of being divorced. Maybe there's something else, you know. So when I was watching this movie and it came to that point. I did a clip, pretty much the clip I told you to put the audio on, uh-huh. and I sent it to him. Oh, all right. <laughs> You're so funny. He'll add that. That's good. The audience needs to hear. That Studio is- Six. This sound, the sound on this movie is a little bit lower than I, I'm used to. Yes, that's really true. I had it at a hundred percent, and I could hardly hear. I got neighbors. I live in a mortuary. I don't want to wake up the zombies. Uh, yeah. Zombie poodles. That could be potentially dangerous. You know, maybe Phyllis Silas was talking to her dog. That bitch. Fat, oh, that bitch? Oh, she said fat bitch. She, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. this guy's catchphrase. Is fat bitch? No, I thought it was that like, bitch. You said, like, oh, he should move on with his life. But this guy, he does his jokes aren't real. He, he's like a pun guy. He does like uh he's a misogynistic pun guy <laughs> divides like that fat bitch and jokes about that rhymes words that rhyme he studied massage yeah he's a misogynist now and um anyway anyway i'm not a fan of that catchphrase i think it's mean-spirited but yeah I'm- and you know what you you have an audience and half the audience is you know i mean half the audience is women it's always a general uh-huh but it's not true. It's usually the majority of women. And also, like, it's just you can throw people out with that. It's not it's not. I mean, whatever. Some some comedians, you know, they they stick with what they uh, they die on the hill. They climb up whatever the phrase is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Guy, there's a cannibal in the mortuary. So right. I'm so he, she had the vision that there were cannibals down They're Not cannibals. They're like undead and they're eating corpses. I don't know. So then. He comes down to like warn the other people, Jersey and, and, uh, but she couldn't find them. Okay. So here she is now witnessing and they're going to go after her, of course. Right. Of course. I mean, talk about fresh meat. <laughs> they're eating corpses. Oh, right. Babies. What? Oh, no, those are dolls. Still, this is pretty They're sick. kids. They're kids. Yeah, it's a doll. 
They're Asian kids. They're, it's just, uh, you know, it could be gross, but you don't have to have shit in the bed. When you... I don't know. There was always like John Carpenter assault on uh, Precinct 13 and yeah. uh, Halloween 3. He would kill kids, you know, and there was a huge impact when that kid gets shot uh, at the ice cream truck. Do you remember that movie from the 70s? No. So these criminals take an ice cream truck and a, and uh, to take over a police district uh, precinct, and a kid goes up and he shoots the kid. Oh my God! Why would they put that in a movie? I mean, even because though... they they used to, and I guess they you know, well, why would you have like out of all the corpses, you got to make the kids? I mean, it's I guess it's creepier that way. I guess. Now this is Deep Roy. No, really? No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> From going bananas, he wore a monkey suit. Ah, uh, Jersey to the rescue. It's always Look a family joke. Oh, of course he's got a gun. He's Jersey. Yeah, Jersey kid. I'm the Jersey kid. Shit, bullets don't work. Run. <laughs> I had a nickel every time I heard that. Hi, live bodies. Un undead, open the door. Ah, <laughs> uh, hi. Rat tail. Not Norman Fell. Look at that. That's not even a rat tail. That's like when your hair gets you know, kind of. There he is. There he is, Mr. Roper. Doody, doody. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm, I think I'm singing Soap, the theme song. But the oh, Ropers are similar. That's what it is. I thought but you I, were too young for Soap because I was really little when Soap was out. Soap went in syndication, so they would have the episodes oh, every night. So you okay. would watch five five episodes in a row in a week. You didn't have to wait every day. We had no week. idea we were binge watching. We were streaming. Well, what would happen is that you would miss an episode, and then you would have to wait for the whole season to wrap. You know around. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah go around. <clears throat> Soap's available on streaming services. I see. I, I think I actually tried to watch one. But the introduction was like six minutes long. Okay, we missed it. I don't know how we missed it. We were probably talking. But one of the women that they brought in uh, who had killed herself, her name is Dana in the show. Um, she wasn't dead. Like whatever pills she took, pills or whatever, they thought she was dead. And she woke up. They were like, oh, no, it's undead. And she's no, I like, saw that. But they, did they kill her? No, because she's like, hi, I'm not undead. How are you? Pleased <laughs> to meet you. How's your mom? What's your name? What do you mean, what's my name? Don't you want to eat my brains? Oh, no, thank you. I just had a bad accident. I, I'm, I don't really have much of an appetite right now. What? Okay. Are you undead? Yeah, I was dead a minute ago. You guys woke me up. I guess I'm undead. Mundead now. <laughs> I don't know. So anyway, you see the the cop who's bandaging her up, right? They they shot a move. the The end of the movie was supposed to be these two get married, and it was the first shot they made on November thirteenth. For some reason, it didn't end up in the movie. They did a little wedding thing in which they were married. Oh, that's. Romantic, I guess. Yes. Who do you think the movie betters without uh, a wedding at the end? I, I would have to see it. Right. 
<laughs> as it is right now, it has a horrible ending. It's like, okay, thanks. Thanks for coming. Okay, we're out of the building now. <laughs> that was close. Oh, yeah. We'll see you next movie. It's really late. The, oh. uh, from, from dusk to dawn, they make it out and they leave. Phyllis oh. has her key. Oh, so she's going down to the morgue? Yep, she doesn't know what's going on down there. She doesn't see the monitor from yeah. her... Peyton Place guy goes, it's no good. It's no good. The phones are dead. So Mr. Roper goes, did, did, did you dial nine? <laughs> oh, he goes, no. He dials nine. He goes, it's ringing. <laughs> <laughs> you should That's... have heard his voice when he said it, though. He's like, that, it, it, it's the central switchboard. You, you got to dial nine. <laughs> and Norman Fell is really stretching this one. He probably wanted to, to stray away from his iconic look. I guess, yes. He said, that is, this will be fun. I'll do it. I mean, It so is an iconic look. I mean, he's been in movies in the 60s, of course, the Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I think he was in Bullet. Or, but in movies yeah, like that. he was in Bullet. Yeah, he was in Bullet. So he's like a, you know, admin kind of short-cropped hair, tight suit. <laughs> he was Norman in Catch-22. It's a mad, yeah. mad world. Right, him and uh, Buddy Hackett. No, no, him and Andy Rooney. Mickey Rooney. <laughs> I have to, I have to see that movie again. No, Norman Fell shows up later. Be indifferent. Now, with a budget of eight hundred and fifty thousand, right? The only right. Two big. There are three big ticket names. Peyton Place guy isn't really one, but you know he thinks he's one. And then you have Roper and Diller, so they gotta. I don't know how much of that money. Like, did they get a hundred thousand each? You know, like, why not? I'll do it. You're gonna give me a hundred grand. Well, that's a uh, good pal money. Yeah, like you know, you get a pool, have the hot tub part. You know, hundred grand, yeah, thirty grand, and you know, oh. look, let's run down to Cancun. Just. You know, two weeks, you and me, what do you say? $5,000, $8,000 gone. He so looks like Jeremy Piven. It's really hard. <laughs> yeah. The ghouls eating children is not the, the upsetting part for me. Yeah, it's it's a entourage dude not getting credited. Yeah, that's all right, dude. Piv. It's the Piv. Uh, looking for these? <laughs> uh. Well, not looking for, but surprise. I just stole these. <laughs> what now that door leads I mean they have another door. The zombies are out. Uh the zombies could be behind that door. It's basically uh -huh. or... a records room of the morgue. Oh, wow, wow. I should have I should have gone with curtain number two. <laughs> it's a collection of data. Paper <laughs> forms. Show them what they won. The ghoulies are going to show up, right? Are well, throughout this whole film, up oh, it hurts him. His leg hurts him. Oh no! He, did he get zombie? He's going to turn into a zombie, but right? He lays the heavy axe on his thigh. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Yeah, I'm wrong about that. Oh no! That's the proper way of putting down an axe. Just you know. Now this is box. this is the room where people's possessions, when they died, are in bags, and she's finding like. Pipe bombs <laughs> to serve the script. 
Oh, you mean someone they found a dead body and they're like, oh, throw that in storage. Yeah, he's got his pipe bombs, put it in the bag. Look. Uh, Did they ever figure out how he died? Jeremy Piven's got a semi-automatic weapon now. Oh, man, this is the best. I wish I had a record room like that. I would be the best law firm ever. There's, there you go, Phyllis. Phyllis, why aren't you wearing your wig? Oh, Phyllis, will you close the door? You're going to let the zombies in. Now they hear Phyllis. Oh. Miss Poppin Platts. Poopin right. Platts. It's poop. Yeah, Poopin Platts. Oh, Poopin Pants. Poopin Platts. Is Platts pants in German? I don't think so. Platts oh, is like place or uh, plaza so like, kind of thing. So it's poop place. Yeah. Pooping place. Yeah, poop in place. But I don't think they mean like as if you're standing in place. They mean a physical location like town time, town square. Right. Deutsch and Germans Platz. Oh, you mean like an outhouse? No, I do not. Well, yeah, if it's a Poopenplatz. It's a Poopenplatz. I've been saying Poopenplatz. Yeah, yeah. I forget how you say out back in German, but yeah. Come in here. Dieses hier ist wet. I can't do German anymore. That was college. Okay, so she's hearing that crying girl with her doll, just like, yeah, uh, uh, just uh -oh. like Ashley did in the beginning. Is it is a demon gonna look in the camera? But look how human he is. Look how he's not undead. He's just covered with yuck. Isn't well, that I mean, interesting? You don't want to torment your child actor. Ah, wall monster. Feeling monster. They don't mind deep bro. Oh, he's got a towel. He, the, the monster's not even going for Phyllis Diller. Huh? Right. He's interested and fascinated by the dog. Now, Phyllis Diller has loved that dog since the movie began. But now she's like, fuck that. He's my distraction. And she's backing away. Oh, you, I would hate it if she wanted to save the dog. I mean, maybe she should. <laughs> Look at Phyllis. Fuck this. I am so scared. Oh, now she's really scared. She's an actress. Whoa, no, now that's, that's a stunt clearly, person. Right. And, okay, I didn't even need to tell you. Oh, I'm glad. I'm sort of relieved. <laughs> I want to see an obvious stunt for Phil, Phil getting Yeah, I would hate to see like actual at 66. Yeah. Well, she she uh, lived longer than this movie's release, right? This Yeah, she did. Um let's see. Do I have when she died? <clears throat> oh, by the way, she was in The Fat Spy which we saw on our show. Yes, I know, which she was great in. Well, because, you know, it's funny, Fast Spy and then the Bob Hope, she has a very, not like Mae West, but a very anti-comedian acting style, uh -huh. you know, which is like the energy of the room kind of doesn't suck it out, but she's a, her own force. Right. Which was, she's yeah, and I love it. I do love it, you know. I, but I if, you, if she's going to be on stage, it's not as part of an ensemble. She's... Yeah, but you kind of see the comedic moment and then you just kind of undercut it or you see like you know it's not like she doesn't work with everyone everyone still talks mm -hmm. 
But here she's playing it straight as much as she can. Yeah. Okay, so uh, her name, not Ashley. It's uh, Dana. Dana runs with the with uh, Jeremy Piven because he's got a gun, but that will lead to their... It's a romance that never comes to fruition because we don't see it on screen. This Dana, she was in this film. She was also in Slavery and the Making of America, a 2005 movie. I don't have much info on it. So that's pretty recent. Or 2000. Ew, gross. Now, look, he gets slimed. He like yeah. feeds her part of his flesh. No, it's really gross. Yeah. Really rude. What a terrible demon. Yeah. Now, nobody likes Phyllis Diller, but nobody deserves. A slimy face full of, <laughs> you know, he's a human. Let's get her out of here so she can yell another day. I mean, this is horrible. She, she's being so silly right now. She's acting and she's going, wah, wah. He's really acting this. I should have asked her to turn the sound on. Okay, you see that yucky, yucky thing on the ground? Uh, yeah. It is a dead demon. And later the dog will come lick it up. Okay, now they're learning. He shot her in the shot him or her up in the chest, and that kills the undead thing. So they learn, and our psychic thinks that makes sense because their life force comes from the heart. Oh my God! Is that how is love going to save the day? Nope. Not at all. What about the psychic? What about her? She gonna save the day? She, uh, she will not save the day. No. Huh? She you know what's interesting? Safe. I do like the idea of a psychic because if you start the movie off with a psychic, then you, as an audience, will accept you know demons and monsters yeah. because the, the world already the has. Point. Yeah. So now we have a scene that's like not funny. It's disgusting, but it's I think it's meant to be funny. She's just sort of puking out the goo. It looks like butterscotch. She's just trying to spew out the slime. Listen, according to this box, this video box, this is a comedy. Yeah. What's oh it? no, what the box drop. It's a horror movie. Box drop. Wow, this is what the Nickelodeon studios must have looked like in the 90s. Yeah, with the slime. Yeah, everywhere. What a babe. Look at, she's got a gun. She's going to, a supersonic yeah. gun. No, but she won't use it. What we're having now is us learning that, like, he's a protector and she wants to be with him and she doesn't want to use the gun. She wants him to use the gun. Yeah. Hammer. Let me close the studio window. It's freezing in here. All right. They hear each other through the uh, pipes, the air ducts, which kind of doesn't make sense because on an elevator, you don't have that. You have a shaft, and it is not part of the air duct system at all. You want it isolated. It's not clean. Um, the ducts are supposed to be about circulating 
uh, HVAC, surgically heating, uh, uh, air conditioning, heating. So, um, so it doesn't make sense in the real world, but zombies don't either. So, okay, we'll forgive it. So this director, he had a heart attack in 2002 and it affected him. And he made a uh, he made an illustrated book. It's for all ages, but it's it's got like a cartoon kid in it. And the 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 proceeds go straight to the American Heart Association. Um, it's called Good Things to Share, and um, it's a book he wrote. It, it's inspirational. It's a picture book. Uh, I don't know anything else about it, so I don't recommend it or not, but... Uh, What's it called? It's called Good Things to Share. Because he had a heart open-heart surgery. Um, huh. It, like, profoundly affected him, and he did this, like, charitable thing. He made the book. The money goes to the American... Well, actually, it says a portion... Of uh -huh, a portion? Yeah, so I don't yeah. know. But it feels like it's a nice thing. Oh, I'm sure it's it's for good reasons, tax reasons. I I just walked into your conversation. And I was just freezing, and also this movie is scary. I don't know how much I can watch. Yeah, I know. I think our safe word was up last time. Uh huh. That's right. I think our safe word is uh, our Star Trek connection. Yeah. Yeah. Star Trek this connection. He's our Dave. Uh, Jeremy Piven is our Star Trek connection because he did some sculptures for. Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home, the the whales, the San Francisco one. Yeah, yeah, no, he uh, actually uh, built the invisible spaceship that landed, uh, that stayed in in Golden Gate. They spent six million. That was on probably it. as easy as thing. I want you to sculpt me every except for the invisible one. I did I stutter? I want you to sculpt me every <laughs> everyone. Uh, yes, sir. Coming right yes, up. Yes, sir. Yeah. How's it going? Uh, it's going great, sir. I finished the first project. And which project is that? Uh, the Invisible Starship. <laughs> Let me see your work. Uh, it's in the parking see, lot. It's it's it. They see the stand. 